Howdy, folks. On this episode, I talked to Arabian and half-Arabian horse trainer and business owner Alan Clanton. Alan operates Clanton Performance Horses out of Peculiar, Missouri. Alan trained and or broke several of my wife's horses over the years, and uh, Alan's passion for training and showing horses shines through. I've always regarded Alan as one of the hardest working people that I know, but Alan just really sees it as part of the process and the lifestyle of doing something he truly loves. Hey everybody, this is Nuggets in the Verse. I'm your host, Philip Shear. I have long-form conversations with entrepreneurs, athletes, working folks, and anyone with a story to tell. I hope you find your nugget of truth or inspiration in this episode. All right, Alan, thank you for uh, for coming up today. I'm glad to be here. Um, we have a couple beers. Should we say that? Yeah, I don't absolutely. know. Absolutely. I have um, a half-wit wheat that I've never had before, and it's, it's quite delicious. All right, and I've got a strawberry blonde with a bear on a bicycle, which might be why I chose it. Yes. <laughs> um, so first of all, uh, let's talk about who you are, um, and kind of the reason that we know each other is, mm-hmm. is, uh, my wife, Stacy, um, uh, you trained her horse or horses mm-hmm. for, uh, for, for many, for many years. Uh, how long maybe, um, you know, way back before she rode with me, um, she had ridden with a different trainer and she knew my wife from years back and, uh, you know, you're stalled down the or she was stalled down the aisle for me at a show, just kind of doing her own thing. And then um, I got Corky in training, and Stacy and her sister both showed with me and did, you know, really well. And then Stacy showed a, a different horse with me and did well. And then you guys bought one that kind of didn't turn out great, and then bought another one, and then we sold him last year. Yep. And then uh, now I'm just kind of waiting for her to get the itch again and get back into it. Yep. Um, Cause there's probably going to be some folks that listen to this and like have no idea what you do. Cause mm-hmm. I had no, like I didn't know a person like you existed <laughs> prior to Stacy. So like I knew that Stacy was into riding horses, showing horses, but I didn't like understand the whole, like, like makeup of, like what a show was like and and like how a show was judged and and that there were these people that were trainers that that uh I just I just figured she you know took her horse to a show and and that was it and uh guess now it makes perfect sense that the horse wouldn't know what to do unless someone's teaching it but uh yeah I am an uh, Arabian and half Arabian trainer down in Peculiar Missouri and I've worked out of the barn that I'm at for 14 years. And uh, people bring horses to me that have all different levels of knowledge. You know, we get horses in that don't even know how to lead. And we get horses in that have already been shown. And people are just wanting to work on improving and improving their riding skills and go to horse shows and see how they can do. And, uh, you know, and then the, the horses that come in that don't know anything, I mean, I teach them everything from how to lead, 
how to lunge around in circles, wear tack, you know, get on them and ride them for the first time, um, you know, and then build on that all the way up to, you know, going to a horse show and, and, and doing that. And then, you know, the horse shows are, uh, they're, you know, they're competitions and, you know, what we do, it's, you know, main ring events and they, you know, there's different categories and types and they wear different tack and they have different looks, but, you know, they kind of go in the ring and they go one direction and are asked to do things and they turn around and go the other direction and they're asked to do things. And then they go to the middle and line up. And then there's a judge or a group of judges that watches them and decides uh, who they think performed all that the best. And, uh, you know, that's your winner and works its Mm -hmm. way down. So like in this type of showing, um, I think that one of the hardest concepts it was for me to, to understand was, um, you know, not knowing how any of this works. I just had this idea that most of it was horsemanship. Um, and then learning that it's that correct me if I'm wrong, but most of it is actually, I mean, horsemanship obviously plays into it, but Mm -hmm. most of it is probably the, like the quality of the horse and, and the intelligence of the horse and its ability to, to do certain things. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, um, you know, these horses will have different qualities and characteristics that make them better at their job. And, um, you know, and also they have different trainability. Um, you know, some horses are super easy to, to get ready to go do their job. And some horses, you know, tend to not be quite as quick to learn things or agreeable. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then, I, you know, we sometimes you don't know that until you get them all ready to go show and get there but some horses it's like they just train themselves it's just super easy for mm-hmm. them and and you know and it's funny um people will talk about oh you know well, I don't know what I'm looking at and you know I go watch these shows I don't know how to judge them and stuff but I've seen people that know nothing about horses and will sit there and watch a class go in and be like well that's your winner and they're exactly right because mm-hmm. You know, you, you could that quality and how easy a horse and a rider can make it look. Uh, it doesn't matter if you know anything about it or not. You're going to you're going to see that. And, you know, a horse that looks like it's struggling and it's difficult for it and it doesn't look happy. You're going to be able to identify that, too. You know, there may be some little small things here and there that you don't get. But it is amazing how somebody that knows nothing about, you know, what we do can look at that and. And just be able to, to tell, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's it, it's definitely um, it's a sport that's not for everybody, and it is you know kind of expensive, um, you know, and with the cost of different things going up, it seems to be, you know, kind of getting more and more where it's it's hard for a lot of people to afford to to do this, but it is a very rewarding, um, you know, fun thing that we that we do yeah for sure it's kind of fun for me to think about the different horses that stacy's ridden and owned um since i've known her and i my favorite uh, my favorite horse that she had was uh was summer for sure mm-hmm. because she was 
like a wild horse. Oh my God. Yeah, you guys bought her she, as a, a little baby, yep. and then you had her right here yep. below this barn. She was like out of control, um, and at, there were so many days where we're just like, "What are we going to do?" Because we couldn't get her into the barn, we couldn't like, mm-hmm. couldn't get her to do anything, and uh, and then you know, like we handed her over to you, and then suddenly she's just like this sweetest horse ever, mm-hmm. um, just uh, just never could trot yeah just didn't so, have you know, the and i remember stacy we <clears throat> took her to her first show and she won a pretty decent i remember class. that yeah and then, you know but the thing was is compared to some of the great ones in that division mm-hmm. she wasn't quite as you know as tall and and big and you know have as much um, like motion mm-hmm. as um you know which kind of for people listening to this, I have no idea what we're talking about is like how high they trot, like how uh-huh. high their knees come up. And, um, but you know, she went in and she did her job and, and then we, uh, we sold her and the people that got her, they just showed her at a little bit lower level than, you know, what Stacy wanted to compete at. And they were, you know, having fun with her and mm-hmm. doing well. And she was, you know, a nice, safe, fun horse for him. So she found her job. It just unfortunately wasn't quite you know, what you guys were hoping for. But, you know, yep. when she, when you guys bought her, she was eight months old, mm-hmm. and, you know, just a little, a little baby. So it's kind of impossible to know how they're, big they're going to get, how, how much, you know, talent they're going to have until you mm-hmm. see it. Yeah. Just not a lot different than like a human athlete, right? Like, um, you know, some people could train incredibly hard their whole life and they just might not have that God given talent. And, mm-hmm. And then others may, but have other weird things and yeah. yeah. So let's, uh, so we don't bore people too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of want to hear about you a little bit. So like you're from Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, like how did you wind up on a horse to begin with? So it's kind of funny. Um, I kind of wasn't exactly sure when my passion for this started and it's funny you know when you like i went to my grandmother's funeral last year and we were kind of going through some of her photo albums and uh, we got our first horses when i was around five Um, but before that i refused to wear anything but boots and jeans and i had like a birthday cake that had like horse stuff on it and stuff so i guess my love of this like started before I even had a horse and knew what I was mm-hmm. doing. So it just must've been some sort of just, you know, weird, like, you know, there's, there's people that have fixations on cars and stuff, you know, from the sure. time they're a little bitty and, and then they end up being car collectors and race car drivers or whatever. And for some reason I just really had a thing for horses and, um, my parents had a friend that they actually showed dogs with that talked them into buying a mare and a baby that just happened to be Arabians. And uh, we had two acres, and they came and lived on our place. And uh, I remember my mom tried to ride the mare one time and immediately got thrown off. And uh, then we kind of realized we needed to go get some help and took them to a, a local trainer and uh, 
you know, got her going and then got the baby going eventually. And we rode and did some little one day shows and had fun with that. And then, um, eventually bought a, a better horse and then, you know, had it in training at a different barn. And then I did well with that horse and showed some other horses and we kind of bought and sold a few. And then whenever I was in, um, I don't know, junior high to high school, I started breaking horses and then I would break horses for people for exchange for hay and stuff like that. And then I actually went to college to, uh, I did pre-med and mm-hmm. realized very quickly that I did not have the passion for that to, to push through and do all that. And I was going home every weekend and riding and then, um, went back and was training horses and going to college at the same time, changed my degree to business and, um, um, worked for one barn that I grew up showing with during school. And then after I graduated, I went and worked for another barn for about a year and then went to a different barn for about four years. And, uh, that was a very successful barn and I kind of got to be, well, you know, a little more well known. Mm -hmm. And then I took a job up here in, in, uh, Kansas city, um, at a barn that's in Raymore, Missouri. And was there for five years and did quite well and then ended up going out on my own. Gotcha. And then I've, I've been in that for 14 years. So so how do you get from, you know, you buy a couple horses when you're a kid and you're riding them to you're training them, you're breaking horses. Like how does, like how does that happen? Are there people who um, were in your life that kind of helped you with that? Or I, um, uh, like, I, like no, how I do you learned- get from... Yeah, here to there. So I, um, you know, I learned from people that I was around, mm-hmm. and then I had some trial and error. I mean, I, I fell off a lot when I was a kid, like yeah. every day. And um, and then I watched uh, videos. Like they, I mean, you know, just like anything, if you want to learn to ride a bike well or whatever, you can, you know, they didn't have YouTube and stuff then, so you actually had to purchase you know, okay. videos on, yeah. you know, on, on, uh, the, the old tapes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I had a, a ton of those and I mean, I would, I'd get home from school and finish up stuff and sit and watch those tapes. And then I'd go out and try it and th- you know, figure, figure it all out. But, uh, no, it definitely, you know, was, was some trial and an error, but I, you know, I'd go to the horse shows and I had, you know, just like people that, play baseball, have their heroes that they mm-hmm. watch and emulate. I had horse trainers that I just thought were, you know, amazing, mm-hmm. you know, role models. And I would, you know, I'd go and, and sit up in the stands and watch them show and watch them ride and try to learn things. And, and Every small town has a universal meeting place. And Excelsior Springs, that place is other trails, coffee, and goods. There's no better place to have a cup of coffee, a latte, or a fresh baked treat. Located next to the Hall of Waters on Broadway, open 6.30 to 2, Monday through Saturday. Coffee's on. Come on down. See if I could make my horses do some of the same things, and and then it just kind of slowly progressed. Kind of builds on it over time. And some of it's just, you know, some of it's luck. You you, You know, you get a couple horses that do well for you and you compete well on getting some of the right 
circumstances that that work well and you know things just kind of progress yep well i think you know people who um who who find a passion for something and work at it um hard enough long enough i mean luck kind of finds them right i I think that can happen so it's not uh it's it's luck but it's not necessarily luck just because you're kind of putting yourself in the in those positions and well and you know and i mean as long as i can remember i've i've worked a lot um you know whenever i was a kid i would go and work for the farm and you know we'd get up early and go to the horse shows and i'd work all day and help out and um you know when i went to college i went to school full time had to do all my studying trained you know uh, you know i'm gonna do i'm gonna help work this many horses which turns into more than you meant to which is more hours and then whenever i went to work for um the first barn after I graduated, that was a lot of hours. And then the next barn I went to was a huge facility. You know, they, they would have over a hundred horses in training and they had multiple trainers. And yeah, you know, that was a seven thirty in the morning till seven thirty, eight, eight thirty at mm-hmm. night type of job. And I've just been kind of used to working that much for, you know, all of these years. And I mean, I definitely think that's something where I'm not just kind of sticking my toe in the water a little bit and hoping for success. I've definitely put in a lot of um, time and work into it. Pull the mic maybe just a little bit closer. Yeah. I've talked to Stacy about this a bunch of times. Um, If I could make a bold statement, Mm -hmm. like I think that uh, I think you might work harder than anybody I know. Like it's hard for me to to like imagine like just how how one I mean you're you're working eight days a week or eight days a week wow eight like days <laughs> uh, but seven and a half for sure right um, so on as far as in the barn our our normal when we're at home is six days a week and um, Saturday we try to get out of there a little bit earlier but that still ends up being you know a, a seven fifteen to 4.30 or so day. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, Sunday I do chores. So I don't have to feed in the morning. I have a couple of people that feed and clean stalls, and then I feed lunch and dinner, and then I'll do night check. And So uh, what time and, do you go back to the barn for night check? Um, kind of depends on whenever I, I do it. You know, sometimes it's 9. Sometimes we go to a concert or something, and it's 1 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then how many horses are you getting on every day, like just in general? Um, so right now we have 49 horses in the barn. And, you know, there's days I'll ride over 30. In one day? In one day. Um, how have you, like, held up physically so well? <laughs> you know, it's just like anything, you just get used to it. Yep. You know, people would say, you know, how does Stacy go ride her bike for 140 miles or can't remember exactly how many she finished up with that, you know, if she went and just said one day, I'm going to go ride my bike for 140 miles without practicing, that would be really hard on her. I've been, you know, I've been doing this for so long 
I'm just used to it. Yep. It probably doesn't seem like a, I don't know, maybe it just seems normal. It does seem normal, you know, and um, <laughs> if I... Which uh, it probably is normal for folks who do what you do. I just, like the care of the horses, like I know you have folks that work for you, mm-hmm. but um, like that's a lot. Um, you're, you know, in this constant state of communication with all the people who own these horses, right, and who, who you're um, helping and assisting. Um, like I know you go show and sh- uh, go and judge some shows, and then and you're just like on a back of an animal for you know 30 times a day and then and then you come back like I, it just it just seems like so much to me <laughs> so whenever i come like really whenever i think about like i want to complain about my job i just kind of think about you I'm like eh like well, this I isn't a, that hard <laughs> i wear a, a bluetooth a lot during the day so i can actually make phone calls while yep. i'm working and um you know, I know a lot of people would be like, well, how do you think about what you're doing on the horse and talk on the phone at the same time? But, uh, you know, I've ridden so many years and so long that, you know, riding becomes like breathing or whatever. I mean, you, you know, you if you do something enough, you kind of get to where you don't have to think about it quite as much. So you can kind of multitask a little bit. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm not very actually very good at multitasking. Ask my wife. She's always like, why can't you read a text message and talk at the same time? Or, why, you know, why can't you do this and this at the same time? But, you know, that's something I've done repetitively so much that I can make phone calls and listen to your podcast <laughs> and ride and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you ever, like, just think about this is going to be like a, like a weird question? Do you ever just think about like what it is you do, like you're having this, you're creating this like connection with, with an, with an animal. Does it ever seem like you're doing something strange? You <clears throat> I mean, know, the, the, the horses that I'm working with, um, you know, a lot of them are, are bred to, to do this. You know, they have a family history of, yep. of working in this manner and um, the really good ones, you know, I'm not really having to make them do anything. Mm-hmm. They, they kind of have a little bit of a predisposition to, to do what I'm asking them to do. So I'm, I'm really trying to develop them and strengthen them up and get them to come along without getting in the way. Mm-hmm. You know, if I have a horse that I feel like every day I'm just struggling with, to mentally and physically get it to do what I want, it probably is not actually doing what it's meant to be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there's some other calling for that horse. You know, some horses yeah. are just not good show horses, even if they were bred to be that way. Maybe they do better. You know, we've had some horses that went and sold and people did endurance riding with them where they'd go, you know, do 50-mile, 100-mile rides and horses happy as it can be doing that, but it didn't like doing what I was asking it to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's, there's, you know, we have some horses that have won tons of ribbons. And if you took them out on an endurance ride, they'd be like, there's flies on me. I don't <laughs> like this footing. Uh, you've been on me more than like 20 minutes. I'm, I want to go home, Yeah, you know, and, and some horses, you know, they, it's just kind of who they are. Well, I guess it's like, like a herding dog. Um, you know, it's been bred for, however many 
hundreds of years or mm-hmm. um, to herd, and it just kind of comes into the world and like knows how to do that. That seems weird to me because when I think about humans, I mean, like all the things that we do, we pretty much just learn them. Um, I don't know that we like come into the world and just like answer a call, you know, like us, like we have these specific things that we're just like meant to do. I guess we weren't. <laughs> I mean, there's, yeah, there's certain, certain things that, I mean, you know, every, every person learns to walk, you know, or learns to run, yeah. you know, stuff like that. I mean, you're just predisposed to kind of figuring out how to do that yeah. stuff. And, you know, if you have someone guiding you along a little bit, it helps. I mean, it's, you know, it's what I do is really fun. The first, you know, when we first get in a horse, like you were talking about your horse that you guys own named Summer, you know, she came in and she didn't know very much. And, you know, you would come out every couple weeks or whatever and come see how she was doing. And that first couple months, she went from not knowing anything to being able to see her working around pen and kind of mm-hmm. see what she was going to do. And then next time you'd come out, I'm riding her. And then next time you come out, I'm like out in the arena going all the way around. I mean, you see a huge progression of things mm-hmm. quite quickly. And, um, you know, it's not something where I'm having to force that animal into to doing that. I'm just kind of guiding them along and teaching them a little bit every day. And mm-hmm. it just kind of comes together and they... You know, it is, it, I mean, it kind of is a little bit amazing that you've got a, you know, a thousand pound animal that you end up being able to, you know, safely ride and it looks like it enjoys it and goes around mm-hmm. and does its thing. And I mean, you know, that, that is kind of a, a, a cool thing because you kind of think people that maybe don't know exactly what I'm doing, they're like, well, you know, you say you ride 30 horses a day. How do you not like die every day? But I, you know, I spend my time and I, make sure I'm not doing, trying to not do things that are going to mm-hmm. get me hurt. And, uh, well, it's a thousand pound animal that could like pummel you if it wanted to. And it like just chooses to, to, to do what you're asking it to do, which that seems kind of. And if I, you know, if, if I get a horse in that has those characteristics, they either learn to get over that pretty quick with the work or, you know, they go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the horses that the people typically send to me, they're good hearted animals. They don't, they don't want to hurt you. Most of the time, if they were going to hurt you, it's because they get a little scared of something. They're not actively, you know, when you see some of these movies and stuff with horses running at people and going after them, kicking and doing stuff like that, that just doesn't really happen. And what I'm doing, if, if 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 we get a horse in that's acting like that, it's a very rare occurrence. Mm-hmm. Most of the horses we have are really mentally good to deal with. Speaking of the movies, what are the most annoying <laughs> things from the movies that uh, create misconceptions about horses? There's one that Stacy always talks about. Um. You know, like watching some of, like, say, Legends of the Fall, uh-huh. one of my favorite movies. Yep. You know, and there's this scene where, you know, Brad Pitt goes out and rides this horse 
in the round pen like all night and it looks like it just throws him off and throws him off and throws him off and he keeps getting back on and then you know in the morning everybody else is getting up out of bed and he comes riding up and the, th- the horse is just broken steering mm-hmm. and you know I, I think a lot of people see stuff like that and they think that's kind of what I do and if, if that I, is a hundred percent what I envision when a horse is broken yes and if, <laughs> if, if I'm if I'm getting on a horse for the first time and we're bucking and I'm getting thrown off, I did something wrong. I, you know, I didn't take my time. I didn't make sure that horse was comfortable with everything. Um, that, that is, you know, that, that shouldn't happen if I've done my job correctly. Um, gotcha. So, so, you know, stuff like that, you know, you watch the horse whisper and they've got this girl with, you know, a leg that's missing because she had an accident on the horse and they lay it down and then she gets on and they get, I mean, you know, some of that stuff obviously is, um, a a little bit weird, Mm -hmm. but, uh, it makes for, you know, it makes for better movies. I mean, if you had a six hour long movie where they showed somebody going out every day and spending half an hour working with a horse and then getting it broken, nothing actually really ever happened. Wouldn't be very fun to watch. How long, how long does it usually take to to break a horse? Do you have like a is there a average time or yeah, is it just different from it every depends. horse? It depends yeah. on the horse. You know, sometimes I get some horses that are just super easy and, you know, I'll, I'll they don't really know anything and in 2 weeks we're riding them and they're, you know, very easy and then I've had horses that turned out to be really nice horses but they were kind of nervous and, you know, I I Maybe didn't get on them for five, six weeks or longer, you know, and I've had horses that I rode in the round pen for a month, two months, and I've had horses that I rode them one time in the round pen and then was out in the arena. Just really, really depends. Stacy mentioned that at one point she'd asked you how many horses you've broken, and I thought, I think she said like 500 or something. It's, yeah, I probably consistently broke 25 to 35 40 a year depending on where I was working and different situations and I've been doing that since 1998 or so working for other people doing that mm-hmm. and then it would you know probably before that whenever I was just doing it in high school and stuff there was 20 25 before that so it's a it's a pretty big number mm-hmm. do you remember like the first horse that you broke mm-hmm and um, I, I, the first one that I got on for the first time, I fell off in about three seconds. Um, I clearly did not make sure everything was taken care of well, and then I had to rethink what I was doing. And and then that horse ended up doing quite well. He, you know, won a bunch with me, and we sold him, and he did really well with a new owner. But I think he might have been a little bit difficult, even if I had him. Now, mm-hmm. knowing what I know, you know, he was a little nervous, but, um, but then, you know, after that, I, you know, you kind of just learn more and more and you learn how to, you know, read what you're doing. It's, it's like, I watch some of those people that are dealing with, you know, lions and tigers and, you know, like animals that really could just kill you at any second. And they're able to read, you know, that animal and they've, worked with them enough they kind of can tell what they're thinking and stuff and it's a very toned down version of that 
you know, I can tell if, if the horse is getting nervous and not, you know, comfortable with what I'm doing and I, I need to step back and take my time and make sure I'm not scaring it because it, it it's not going to speed things up for me to try to push something. If I have a horse have a bad experience with something, it's going to end up taking me longer to get through that than if I just take my time and work through it. Yeah. I could imagine a, a bad experience, a bad experience could stick with a horse a little bit too. That might be something that you could, you could be implanting forever. I mean, you can, yeah. you can have a bad experience with a horse and ruin a horse for ever. I mean, you know, you see horses that had a bad trailering experience and then they're just uncomfortable with the trailer for the rest of their lives. You can, mm-hmm. you know, see a horse that has a, you know, a bad experience with a, you know, a, a rider falling off or, you know, different things. And that, that really can stick with them where, you know, good experiences you have to build on every day over and over and over again for them to remember. They definitely will remember a bad experience. And, uh, you know, it's the same thing with people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you see somebody that's had good experiences in school or sports or, you know, different things. They they just build on that. But then somebody has a bad experience, so, you know, maybe they're trying to learn how to swim and they choke on some water and then they're scared to death of swimming after that where maybe they'd have had correct swimming lessons. They would have loved the mm-hmm. water. Same thing. How about the people side of this? So you're, you spend all this time training horses, breaking horses, taking care of horses um, for people, but you, you do a lot of people stuff too. Like, um, you know, the shows that I've been to, like I've seen like, a lot of happy tears, a lot of sad tears, mm-hmm. like, um, like, like the, you know, and I know this firsthand from Stacy, just, just how, and how important and how like, like, you know, deeply entrenched it is in their lives. Um, yeah, be a little know, bit I, of a psychologist I do at times. Up, I do end up <laughs> having to be a little bit of a psychologist and I have to, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, these, these horses is hard as I work and stuff, you know, sometimes things just don't go how you want them to go. Sure. And, um, you know, sometimes I get to be the hero and people have a great experience and they, they win and they attain their goals and they're happy as they can be with me. And sometimes things happen, you know, horses get sick, horses get hurt. Um, sometimes things just don't go as well as you wanted um, so sometimes you end up with, you know, people being disappointed in the outcome. And I, you know, I try to do my, my best to have good experiences for people and, and, you know, and set people up for success. You know, sometimes I have people that maybe their horse is capable of competing at this show, but they want to go to this other big show. And I, I know that, they may not be able to go to that show and be successful. So it's better for me to try to get them to go somewhere where they can be successful because, you know, it doesn't do any good to, to have people, you know, stepping into too deep of water, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it, it can, it can be tough and, you know, people, people come out for the, to the barn to come ride and enjoy their horse. And maybe they had a bad day and that carries over into their ride and they're, 
end up fighting with their horse and it's not anything to do with the horse. They, they maybe have just been having a bad week and they're not kind of making that connection, Mm -hmm. you know, with their horse that you want. And, you know, sometimes I've had a stressful day and tired, you know, a little, little grumpy and maybe not as patient with somebody or a horse as I should be. And, you know, so I try to control for all that too, you know, think about that and, Maybe just take a second and take a little breath and reapproach it. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, I see a lot of similarities, kind of with uh, the cycling community that I do with kind of the the horse world, where you see people's friend groups kind of revolve around um, this passion. Mm-hmm. You see, um, you know, just really strong friendships um, formed. Um, you know, like when I would come to the barn with Stace. Um, there, there's always just a cool vibe in the barn. Always, I actually always enjoyed coming to the barn with Stacy because it's just, you know, I'm just like sitting on the side watching. Um, but, uh, but there's like a cool vibe. Everybody's like in their their happy space and they're like they're there for the day to to get a lesson and and do the thing that they're super passionate about. Yeah, it's a great community. I I have friends from all over the country and Canada and. I mean, I've met people from other countries through this, and I'm friends with people, you know, all in the Kansas City area here and abroad, and and people love, you know, they come out to the barn and socialize with the other people that are there, and they enjoy that, and then they go to the horse shows, and they, you know, get to hang out and cheer each other on, and we'll go to dinner and, you know, have some drinks, and it ends up being sometimes these horse shows end up being more about that stuff than the actual horse show. And -hmm. it's amazing how, you know, there could have been a show 15 years ago that I can't remember a single ribbon we won, but I remember going to that Mexican restaurant and, you know, having a margarita and somebody embarrassing themselves, you know, doing something, singing or, you know, whatever. And so it, it, it ends up, and I'm sure it's the same thing for like cyclists or, sure, yeah. you know, anything you're involved in, you know, yeah. you, maybe that person doesn't remember when they went on that hundred mile cycling ride, even what they placed or what their time was or whatever, but they, you know, they remember, you know, going out to, to eat with their, their friends or some shenanigans they got up to or, you know, whatever. And mm-hmm. that ends up being, just as big a part of it as the, you know, the, the horse show. You end up, you know, you're around like-minded people that have a passion and the same thing that, that you do, and it makes it a lot of fun. All right, I'm going to ask you an annoying question. Okay. Has there ever, have you ever had a horse that someone brought you that, I don't know, these are the things I think of. Has anybody ever brought you just like a random horse that is uh, not bred, not, trained for what they want to do with it somebody brought you like something crazy that just seemed like impossible or or uh like ridiculous but you're like okay <laughs> like i'll do this and then it actually turned out well to answer your question as far as I, I i do i mean it seems like every year we'll get you know some random horse in that and i don't mean that just, to be but it's not gonna work yeah. for you know, maybe their goals or whatever. And, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I get horses in that aren't 
show horses, you know, that people just want them broke to where they can ride. Uh-huh. And a lot of those end up, you know, they just go great. And I've had some that people brought in that I just thought they were lunatics. You know, the, the horse just was not very trainable. They weren't very agreeable. Um, I didn't really think they were safe. Maybe the people wanted to take them home and just have their kids randomly ride them at home. And mm-hmm. I just try to be as honest as I can with people, you know. And it's tough because these horses are basically like people's pets and kids. And then, you know, you you tell them that you don't think that this horse is safe for them or, or right. You know, you, you really can hurt people's feelings. So there's a little bit of a, um, you know, you've got to be careful with how you say things and what you do. But I also try my best not to put people in a situation where things are going to be dangerous for them sure. and, and that type of thing. So, you know, and, and I mean, I've, I've had horses that, um, I, I had a horse that I, I actually personally purchased when I was working for a barn down in Texas that we got into training and he was kind of a, little skinny gilding that, um, you know, he's just kind of not very wide, kind of a little awkward looking. And I started, you know, riding him and he just had a heart of gold. Just anything you wanted him to do, he would try. And he was kind of weird breeding, like not stuff that you would think. And and there's a class that we do that's not main ring where you just go in circles. It's called Mm -hmm. reining. And you, um, you know, the horse does these like spins and these stops where they slide with their hind Mm -hmm. legs. And, you know, it's kind of an athletic event. And I started teaching the horse to do all this stuff. And, uh, you know, one of the other trainers that I worked with was like, you are being stupid. You just spent money on this horse. Because I I got him and I rode him just a matter of weeks and I loved him. And they didn't want much money for him. So I just bought him. And then I showed him and won with him at a prestigious show in, in Scottsdale. Um, I didn't win, but I was third in a big class. Mm-hmm. And for me being kind of new at doing that discipline on a young horse at like its second show, I was quite proud. And then um, I ended up selling the horse and he is the winningest Arabian reigning horse of all time. Oh my gosh. And uh, you know, some of the people that were around me at the time just thought I was insane for, you know, even buying them. And then I didn't even sell them for, you know, I sold them for quite a bit more than I bought them for, but considering how much he's, he's won over the years. But I mean, there's been pictures of him where he's gone to like youth nationals and they put all the national champions on him. And from his head all the way back to his tail was just national champion after national champion in one horse show. And the horse is in his 20s now. And I mean, they're still showing him. And you know, I I bought him back when he was four, so you know it's mm-hmm. been it's been a long time. So that was kind of an example <clears throat> yep. of a horse that, you know, looking at his pedigree, you just looked at him standing there, and would have thought this horse in no way can go be mm-hmm. anything like that. But a lot of it was just he just had a lot of try. I don't know. I figured somewhere there's a story of a horse that uh, like has absolutely no like known breeding and there was a there was a story when i was a kid there was a trainer that was a friend of mine that they rescued a horse from a kill pen Mm -hmm. and um 
he had a he had a low back, um, was an Arabian, and they they rescued him, and and the horse ended up winning a lot, you know, in different divisions, mm-hmm. and just kind of looked like one of those horses that it just whatever you asked it to do, it was going to go do, and you know just what you know what a great story. I mean, the horse was literally probably days from you know being turned yep. into meat and whatever, and sure. ends up you know winning all these great prizes and stuff like that's you know it, it's kind of cool it's neat stories just completely boring your <laughs> listeners with uh i don't think so horse story after horse story so you've been running lately mm-hmm. um how'd you uh you kind of gotten back into running is it something you've done you know um, earlier in your life i did cross country and track when i was in high school and then you know periodically over the years i'd run a little here and there and I did title boxing for a while and you know just workout videos at home and uh in 2020 kind of about the time that seems like everybody sure. got a little more into fitness we got a uh, a bike and I started doing those and trying to eat healthier and drop some weight and um uh, a friend of mine had us uh, let us stay at a uh, timeshare that they have and I went for a run one morning while we were there and uh, the next day I could barely walk and it was you know a 5k Uh and uh, I you know kind of thought well I I need to get where I can go run and I signed up for a race and started training and then got just a huge high off of off of that race and kind of the satisfaction of going and competing in that and then i've kind of been signing up for different races and i did a triathlon this summer and um i've 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 just really enjoyed it how has that like helped you at all with uh just in in general like that you know with your work just having this like kind of different physical thing that you're doing i think so i i feel like um Sometimes I'd get some some knee pain whenever I'd have to kneel down and do things, and um, obviously, I'm having to dress and show clothes for showing. And I'd kind of gotten to where you know it seems like I'd be getting to the shows and I'd be putting on my clothes and they weren't fitting. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like the button's gonna like bust off of this vest because I'm I've put on weight, and. Uh, you know, now sometimes there's times where I'm like the opposite. It's like, oh no, I put my belt on and like cinched it up, and these clothes look yeah. too big or whatever. But and I think it, you know, that endurance makes just everything easier. I mean, sure. there, there's times that you know it's really good to be in shape doing what I'm what I'm doing, and I think you you know you maybe look a little better showing when you're in a good healthy weight and mm-hmm. that type of thing. So I think I think they go well with each other and plus you know i mean kind of what we were talking about earlier i mean i do have kind of a stressful job and i do feel like in the morning when i get up and go do my runs or workouts or whatever it it's a uh, way for me to not think about that for however long and just de-stress a little bit and have my own personal time sure um i can definitely relate to clothes not fitting and i'm hoping to join you in not fitting in the loose way at some point um it's the same thing with me for uh, like cycling jerseys you have these cycling jerseys like oh my gosh 
Like I can barely zip this thing. And uh, yeah, I need to go the other direction like you have. Well, the nice thing about, <clears throat> you know, the running community and whenever I've been to things with cyclists and all that is mm-hmm. they, they seem to be pretty inclusive. Yep. I mean, you, you know, you, I, I remember when I went to my first race, I'm thinking, you know, I'm not going to be in, in shape as these other people and as fast. And, and then you get there and you realize, I mean, there's heavy people, there's skinny people, there's old people, there's young people, there's, I mean, there's people with disabilities and uh, they're all just trying to do their own personal goals. I mean, you know, people that go to these races and all they want to do is just finish or, you know, walk it and sure. they're happy with that. And so it it kind of is nice that, you know, you don't have to be a certain size or yep. whatever to, to do that and enjoy it. I think what's important is that you're just, you know, making an effort to work towards something, whether it's in your work or in your hobby or anything, you know, just working towards something is, is valuable. Yeah. And I think anytime you can have goals like, you know, and, and that's the nice thing about the horse shows. I definitely have goals. I have goals with each horse, each rider and horse. Um, and sometimes those goals can be hard to hit, you know, like mm-hmm. you, can do everything you want and things maybe just don't happen or whatever. And, you know, or you don't happen to get a judge that likes you as much as you would like, or just, you know, different things. And the, the nice thing about running is you can, you can make a goal and practice and, you know, there's, it's a very tangible, you know, sure. I, I would, I want to take 15 seconds off of this. Well, you know, I better go work hard and, and do that. So that, that is kind of fun to be able to just, have some some goals like that and I, I think if you know as far as you're saying like you know if you're somebody's wanting to lose some weight or whatever you know that's kind of nice if you can find something that gets you moving around that you can make some goals with and keeps you inspired to get up every morning and go do it that's that's great because you know that's whenever I did you know like the workout videos on the tv and stuff you don't you can't really make any goals you know and and having the goal of just wanting to look in the mirror and like what you see more, that really will only get you so far. I think, you know, having, mm-hmm. having a community to get in and, and some, some things that you're looking forward to, or, you know, you signed up for a race at this date, well, you better get up and go practice or you're not going to be ready for it. So that, that's kind of nice. Yep. <clears throat> And your wife was a, you know, obviously a big inspiration yeah. for me on a lot of that. I would see her doing that, and you know, the triathlon that I did, and she did the year before, and I looked at what she did on that, and I'm like, well, I could maybe do that. And then I mm-hmm. signed up for it and kind of made it happen. So, yeah, well, having discipline, like obviously you do in your work. So, like, um, I would imagine that that would that you could that would translate really well and. Uh, into running or really doing anything. You did a, what, what triathlon did you do recently? I did the one in Smithville. Okay. Um, it was in August it was just a, a sprint. So, you know, it, mm-hmm. people hear triathlon and they think, you know, Ironman. Yeah. It was far from, far from that. So. Do you know what you averaged on the bike by chance? I don't. You probably do. <laughs> I don't. I was just curious. I think, I think it was like, you know, just around like, 15 miles or something yeah. per 
okay. per hour. So not like, I mean, I wasn't breaking any records, but yep. I, I had fun doing it. And my swimming, I thought I did pretty good. And then I look at some of these other people. There was literally a guy that swam in the division before I went and did went twice as far and did it in three minutes faster than I did half as much. And that was a little humbling, like, uh-huh. you know, wow, I <laughs> definitely could improve on that. He's probably been doing it for years and years. And yep. Is the triathlon thing something you'll think you'll keep doing or just going to focus on the running part? Or I, You know, I don't know. I think changing it up, you know, you don't want to get bored with it. Mm-hmm. So I could definitely tr- see trying to pick out maybe one a year or something yeah. and go go do. Well, and being in peculiar, peculiar, no. There's a lot of gravel around there. Get you on a gravel bike. <laughs> I, the bike that I borrowed is a road bike. Yeah. And I have driven it or driven it, ridden it on my uh, gravel driveway to the barn. Yeah. And it is not comfortable. So, I, <laughs> no. yeah, if I, I, I'd love to Probably join not. you guys sometime. Yeah. So maybe you have an extra one I can borrow or uh, yeah. figure it. Because, yeah, I've looked at them online and it is not cheap to buy a gravel bike. Nope. No. Uh, well, I mean, you can kind of get into one somewhat reasonably, I guess. But Maybe, yeah, what, find, find what, a good deal on a used one or something. If you... what, what seems uh, reasonable to me now, like um, not that many years ago, what I would have said is insane. So, mm-hmm. like, everything just gets more and more expensive. But, you know, I know you talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I do own my own my own business. So there is kind of a side of that that has nothing to do with horses, has nothing to do with dealing with the people. It's, you know, you not on on top of that, you know, my wife and I have to run a business and, um, you know, month after month, year after year, keep, you know, the cash flow coming in right and the expenses going Mm -hmm. out right so we can actually stay in business. And, you know, I do, I, I mean, I love the, um, training horses and that's what keeps me in it with all of this but um you know if i could just do it for free and you know and somehow i was able to just get through life sure. i mean i i just kind of would would do that which i guess is you know that's what they always tell people if you know what would you do if you didn't have to worry about money well yep you know i'd, I'd train horses but uh you know as life happens you do have to figure out how to make money and make it work so um you know that 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 ends up being a um, an extra thing that I you know I have to worry about is you know you got to do all the other stuff and keep the the business running and um, just like everybody else that you've talked to that owns their own business you know mm-hmm. that can have its own ups and downs you know sometimes that can be a little stressful keeping sure. the business going and it you know it ends up being a twenty four seven you know all year deal that you've got to worry about even you know whenever we try to go on a little vacation or something i still end up having to you know make phone calls make sure everything at home is well you know doing doing well and you know you got horses and unfortunately they will manage to get hurt or get sick or something while you know it seems like that always happens when you go out of town Mm -hmm. Um, so you kind of have to deal with all that but you know it i i enjoy it and i think it's it's definitely worth it in the end but um, you know, I can see just like owning any business. Um, sometimes that's maybe not for everybody. Yeah. Well, I love hearing that 
that this is what you would do. You know, if it did, if you didn't make any money at it, this is still like the thing that you would want to be doing. So, well, even <clears> whenever <throat> I didn't do it for a living, I'd you know still go out at night after school and work horses that I owned, and uh, you know, and and you know, would make goals with them and make sure I got the work done and 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 do all that. Now I just you know do it for other people, and you know, my wife owns um, horses, so I'm you know training mm. her horses and and doing all that as well but it uh definitely you know having it as as your business and you know you've got to worry about that part of it too makes you know one more stressor on life mm-hmm. but you know it's 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 kind of neat having you know that's my name on the curtains which you know there's yep. another thing that people that listen to this probably don't understand but mm-hmm. yeah we have like a whole setup at horse shows where we have curtains on stalls so people can change clothes and um, we can put all of our saddles and equipment and stuff and kind of have them where they're just not out in eyesight. And yeah, we have spend money on all that stuff too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, like I always wondered, like, like, uh, is all that stuff like fit in the trailer? Is it on the top of the trailer? Like, like you're hauling a bar, you're hauling all these like curtains to set up the, to set up the barn, um, all this equipment too. That's you're not just hauling, I don't know how many horses you're hauling at once, but a lot. Sometimes you're making a couple trips, right? I have had to do that. And the show that we're leaving for next weekend um, is our national show, and we're taking 13. So I have two trailers. One's an eight horse and one is a six horse. So we have one extra spot. Um, but we'll fill kind of every square inch of that with equipment, you know, lumber, saddles, um, clothes, setup equipment, stuff that, you know, you need, you know, for the show, carpets, I mean, just hay, grain, everything you can think of. And it seems like every year, somehow we just end up with more and more stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're kind of like a, like a rock band rolling into a show. Like, yeah. like you've a got, bit. you've got, uh, you know, this whole setup to do and it's, the the for anybody who's never been to a horse show, um, it's it's like an it's a neat thing. Um, I uh, like I struggle with the the passing of time when I'm at a horse show, mm-hmm. <laughs> as a person with not a horse at the horse show, or or I, or I guess sort of a horse at the horse show. And Stacy's got her horse there, but um, I've I always struggled with the passing of time. But you're just working kind of nonstop through the show. So I'm just yeah, like busy, twiddling my thumbs for Stacy's horse to show. We, um, you know, we go to maybe some I hor- should have been helping Alan. Maybe <laughs> we, yeah, uh, we go to some horse shows in different places like Scottsdale, Arizona, and, and sometimes mm-hmm. the spouses of the people that are showing, you know, they're they're there for a while and they'll go find things to do, like you know, go golfing or sure. you know, say we're in a show in Tulsa, you know, go to the aquarium or go to the zoo or you know, find different things to do that. You know, so they're making almost like an entire vacation out of the horse show. You know, not just sit at the show all all day long. You know, you maybe yeah. maybe you know you're there with Stacy and she has one class that day, so you're sitting there all day. And you know, maybe you don't have the enthusiasm to watch classes and stuff all day long. But you know, there's other things to to go uh, to go sure. do in every city you're at. You know, go see the the different things to do yep 
All right. Well, should we do? Have you prepared your nugget? I did think about that, and I've. Um, you had asked me about doing this podcast back in January, I think. Yeah. And it's taken this long for us to get together on it, and you know, I think probably my nugget would be just um, trying to find balance, and um, I struggle with it constantly. You know, you've got to find that balance between how much you're working and putting into your career and making sure you're spending enough time with your significant other, you know, you're doing some things to take care of your, yourself, you know, mentally and physically, you're mm-hmm. um, finding time to sit down and enjoy some good meals, you know, just that, that balance. And I think for everybody that balance is going to be different. You know, some people want to have a job that provides them enough money to go live their life in other ways. And then the career is just something that they kind of get through to, to make that money mm-hmm. where obviously my whole life kind of revolves around my career. So my balance is obviously going to be way skewed one way versus somebody else. But I think trying to find that balance that makes you happy is probably my nugget all right I guess, yeah just yeah just if, if and if things aren't if you're not happy with things you i think you gotta you know look at look at that and make sure you know do you have the right balance and uh yeah and i feel like all the time i'm struggling with that you know i i feel like i work you know i'm like oh god i work so many hours this week and my wife and i didn't take a chance to go really sit down and enjoy a meal together and not just get something and flop down in front of the TV for an hour and then go to bed. You know, it, it mm-hmm. kind of got to make sure you're. All that. Yeah. I think, you know, living a, like a, like a quality life is, and this is coming from someone who's really struggled with it lately is, is um, I think what you're saying is um, you've kind of got to be intentional because it's really easy um it's really easy to just um, to make excuses for yourself. It's so easy. You're like, oh, I can't do this because of this and this thing I can't control. And and it's really easy to fall into that trap. So couldn't agree more. So well, awesome. Well, thanks for coming up and doing this, Alan. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. This episode of Nuggets and Verse was recorded in the hayloft of our beloved Red Barn, just outside of historic Excelsior Springs, Missouri. Be kind and share your nugget.